This is the Funky Gamer Podcast. Hello, hello, hello there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Funky Gamer Podcast, a gaming podcast from a bunch of wannabe somebody at still nobody British dudes who think they know stuff. This is episode 16 and we're back this week talk about a ton of gaming news that surfaced in the last seven days or so first up though apologies for the lack of a show last week you were dying i I know i was dying i'm just about to kind of allude as to why that was we did put out a tweet to let people know but i appreciate not everyone's going to have seen it so yeah as chris has just said in short i wasn't well and therefore we couldn't record so to remedy this we will be basically doing a bit of a double episode posting this week that being this episode that you're currently listening to as well as a bonus anthem special episode that i anticipate will drop around wednesday but on top of that regarding this week's show dave sadly isn't with us he's also developed man flu man flu is a terrible terrible thing it, it is. And as far as I know, Chris is the only one out of the three of us that is yet to suffer from that particular ailment, meaning that, it, as you can hear, it is just myself and my co-host, Mr. Wright. Hello. As you've heard as well, he's here with us now. How far art is one's health at thine present moment? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, apparently I'm doing better than any of us. It would seem so. You, I, hate to, I hate to bring this up, but many people know that you don't have hair. And I reckon that this is a side effect of, of that. You just don't get ill. You think me having no hair means I don't get ill? Well, you know, when a blind person goes blind, whether it be at birth or kind of after the fact, after you've been born due to an accident or whatever, apparently, from what I've heard scientifically, all your other senses heighten to make up for this fact. So my going theory is that because you lost your hair, you therefore do not suffer from ailments like man flu. Okay, okay. we need need some scientists and some doctors in on this one. I don't think we can purely guess at this. I think we might have to spin this off into a scientific podcast as well. That might not happen. We'll have nobody stupid enough who is medically trained to come on and say, you're all wrong. I don't know. Kind of crazy scientific theories and stuff like that. I kind of like it. But anyway, this is, this is a gaming podcast. Let's be quite frank about it. So why don't we crack on with segment number one, where we discuss the good stuff that we've been playing recently. Go, 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 go. What are you playing? Okay, so, Chris, what have you been playing this week? Anthem. Yeah, that's on my list as well, so I've also been playing Anthem. Yeah, it's pretty much solely been Anthem this week. I've done a bit of Apex and a bit more Sleeping Dogs, and uh, I I did start on Batman, but I've not played very much of it. I downloaded them, but I haven't um, played them yet. (laughs) Hopefully this weekend, if I get a chance, I've definitely got them on my hard drive, so they're sat there waiting to be played. Have you played anything this week? I have, actually, yes. Although it's, it's nothing new, I've got to say that. One of them, of course, is Anthem. But because we're going to be doing a bonus episode this week, obviously we're a little bit tetchy about talking too much about that particular game. All I will say, and this may or may not be controversial, I've enjoyed it so far. You're not allowed to enjoy playing games anymore. Especially this one, apparently. The in, yeah, the internet says so. I know, and you know what? You can't argue with the internet because they're always right. Absolutely. It's as simple as that. Yes. But, I, yeah, unfortunately for me and most of the people probably listening who either... I'm not going to say that, actually. I'm not going to assume that people dislike this game. The overwhelming feeling from the internet seems to be of dislike. Now, I'm hoping there are fans. Of course, there are fans out there. I'm one of them. I've enjoyed it so far. It's as simple as that. I've liked it. 
Now, will it eventually get boring? Possibly. I don't want to say, but what I've played so far, which is around about 30 hours, I've enjoyed. And I didn't blast through the story either. Like I took my time with it. And that has resulted in a far more enjoyable experience for me. But we will discuss that and more in the bonus episode that comes this week. Although, Chris, you feel, feel free to drop your initial thoughts, you know, without any great detail right now, if you want to, just to give a little bit of a teaser. I'm also enjoying it. I, can't, I don't understand where all this, this hate has come from. Well, we will discuss that hopefully with Dave in a, an episode that will drop later this week. So look out for that one. I've also been playing some more Lego, the movie, the video game with the worst title on the planet. Yeah, you love it. I do, actually. It's, a, it's so good. I'm very, very close to the end of the campaign for that. Once that is done, the battle begins to go back with the characters that I've unlocked, hopefully to un, you know, collect all the collectibles and things like that. I did say a couple of episodes ago that I really wanted I really wanted to 100% a Lego game, and I still plan to do that, so watch this space. Although I'm hoping to switch my games as a whole up in the next week. Life is Strange is something that I'm hopefully going to be streaming, and yeah. With a bit of luck, I'll have something a bit different to talk about next week. That'll be cool. But that's then. And this is now indeed, yeah. I'm sure you'll tune in. You played those games. And I'm sure you'll sit there and scrutinize every choice that I make. Usually, yes. I did enjoy playing Life is Strange. Made me seriously reconsider my life. Oh, right. Is that, is that the impact that I'm going to expect it to have on me then? Oh, I don't know. We're all a little bit different. But yeah, it, it had a bit of an effect on me. It's a, it's a strange old game to play through. It just makes you think and second guess everything you've ever done in your life up to this point. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's an intriguing way to lead me into playing that kind of a game. I look forward to it, actually. So yeah, hopefully a bit, bit more to talk about on that front next week. So other than Anthem, obviously, that you don't really want to talk about all that much, Bit of Apex, and what else did you say there? Batman. Yeah, on Game Pass. So, was it Game Pass or was it Games with Gold? Have you, have you been playing the first, the first game? Yes. How far through, roughly? I have just got out of Arkham Asylum. Oh, right, okay, cool. How's the, how is it? Because I've not really played the remastered version. Is, I mean, have they changed the combat? Has it all been updated or is it all still the same? It still flows the same and still plays the same. They've not changed much in that respect. Okay, because I always wondered whether they'd go in and like add the combat system from, say, Arkham Knight into the previous games, just because it's so much more refined at that point. But I guess it probably has an impact on a ton of other game mechanics and things, so it's, it's probably more difficult than it sounds, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they couldn't have changed too much, otherwise it would have, I guess, over, overly complicated. Exactly. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Again, another one that I'd like to sit down and play. Other than that, you've not been doing a whole lot much? No, no, work has been work has been hectic this week and my, my shifts have just been all over the place, so it's been kind of a, a quiet-ish gaming week. And fair enough. Well, I can certainly relate on that front. Before we move on to the news and such for this week, which we've got a number of topics that we want to kind of drop. This is gen- more kind of general news that's been floating around over the last week. Before we do- go ahead and do that, though, we'd like to run through the games with gold and PlayStation Network games that have been announced for the upcoming month of March, as, of course, we are now going into the month of March. So I'll actually kick this one off, just because I know Chris really wants to hear me butcher this the title of this, this first game that we're going to see. Uh, I, re- I, I know, I'm not looking at the word, because I know how much I'm going to fail with it. So from, what is it, March 1st until the 31st, all month long on Xbox One, you can get Adventure Time Pirates of the... Enchiridion. Hey, you've actually nailed it there. Thank you. 
I thought you were going to fail miserably. But hey. All I did was I actually read it. I didn't put too much pressure on myself. I didn't look at the word beforehand. Phonetically, all you need to do is look at it and it, it does make it sense. It does make sense. Kind of. It's still a word that doesn't actually exist in the dictionary. But anyway, it is a Final Fantasy type game set in the Adventure Time universe. For those who are a fan of that particular franchise, I'm sure you'll enjoy playing this game. I will maybe grab it just because it's free. I don't know what it's about. Uh, other than the fact that it's a Final Fantasy type game, as we just suggested. Have you played this, Chris? Uh, yeah, but not very much of it. It's, it's very, very strange. Really? Yeah. If for any, I, what I know of Adventure Time is that it is a little bit outside the standard box. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's a strange game to pick up and play, obviously with the, the Final Fantasy sort of style combat from the older games. It's sort of turn-be-turn combat. So, yeah. It's, I don't know if I'll go back to it or maybe I'll dip in and out of it just to see if it actually moves on a bit, but we'll see. Of course. Well, I'll be interested to see if you do, because I'm saying I'll download it. I doubt I'll ever play it. You'll never ever play it. We know this. No. So why am I saying it out loud? I don't know. Maybe just to try and fool myself. We'll never know. Alongside that, though, uh, from March 16th, this is and up until middle of April. So April 15th, you can grab Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. This is the 2016 entry into the popular Plants vs. Zombies series of games. It's a third-person shooter across tower defense game. Everybody who's... If you're a fan of Plants vs. Zombies, you already know about this. If you're not a fan fan of Plants vs. Zombies, you're... This probably isn't going to change your mind as to whether you're not, you want to play it, but... No, it'll do nothing different for you. It's a Freeman's on Xbox One from March 16th to April 15th. What have we got up next on the next two? Chris, go for it. You can tell us these. Uh, these are your backwards compact games. Uh, we've got Star Wars Republic Commando, which is a first-person shooter, obviously set in the Star Wars universe. That's available from the 1st to the 15th of March. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I guess I've, I don't think it was one I played. It passed me by that one. It's another one. I, I forgot there was a point in time when all we saw was Star Wars games. Yeah, they, do, they were firing them out at one stage. Like, the thing is, this is not the first Star Wars game for back compat that's been on Xbox when it comes to games with gold. There was one last month. Yes, there was. That Jedi Knight Academy or whatever it was. Yeah. And I don't remember that either. But this was around the time that I think like KOTOR, like Knights of the Old Republic, that kind of thing. I think all those games were coming out. Mind you, I don't know. That was kind of late Xbox, the, the original Xbox. These were more 360 era. But it was around a time when they were just churning them out. So a lot of these I just never heard of, unfortunately. Passed us all by most of them, I think. Uh, it looks dated. Of course it does. If you go and look at screenshots of the game, it looks dated because it's an old game. But if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, then... I can kind of see why you decide to go and play this, maybe? Yeah, it'd be worth a look if you are a fan. There you go, you can get that from March 1st to the 15th, did you say? Yep, yeah. Uh, and the other one for Xbox is Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which you said wasn't a word. I'm sure it is, because otherwise they couldn't use it, could they? The only reason I say it's not a word is because when I typed it out in my text editor, yeah. it highlighted it to say it wasn't a word. Oh, <laughs> really? Mm. Are you sure you mean to be spelling this word that doesn't actually exist? No, although I have just noticed that it's got an A in it. Yeah, is that the reason, you think? Yeah, it's because I've typoed it. Uh, so that's why it doesn't exist. Right, there we go. So it is a word, basically. Yeah, it is a word. It's, revenge is a word. We just have <laughs> <laughs> Well done, you. Uh, so yeah, that is a Metal Gear spin-off 
that uses more hack and slash mechanics. I think it was, was it a spin-off using Raiden? Was that that one? Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the character that seemingly nobody liked. Exactly, so of course everybody is going to go and play this game just based on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're really targeting the market there with that one, aren't they? Yeah, it was a complete spin-off though, so, you know, I guess it's probably one of the lesser-known titles unless you're really hardcore Metal Gear. Yeah, that's probably one for Dave more than us two, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah, he probably played this actually. I don't, I can't speak on his behalf, but I don't know. Maybe it is something he'd have picked up. I'll see whether we can query that with him. Although, whether we remember to retouch on that in next week's show is another matter. We'll certainly try. Uh, yeah, well, we'll not remember. Well, you know, I'll try and ask him. If it's something he's playing and he's interested in playing again, he'll naturally mention it in conversation. So at that point, you know, we can take it from there. Uh, okay, so yeah, those are all the games with Gold Games for March on Xbox. The last two there are available for your 360 on the dates that we outlined, as well as your Xbox Ones via backward compatibility. We're also going to plug the PSN games for March here as well. Now, this is the first month, it must be said, that PlayStation has decided that it will no longer be offering games for the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita platforms. They announced this last year sometime. And it is the that basically the time that they announced has come. And therefore, we only have two games for PlayStation Network members this month. The first of those is... Are you going to say something? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, but I've lost it now. Oh, wow. That was quick. I know, yeah. The way my mind works. <laughs> if it comes back to you, then by all means, just uh, yeah, give us a shout. It's ne- we'll, we'll be honest, it's never coming back. Okay, Chris. What you just witnessed there, ladies and gentlemen, is... Chris losing a thought in time. <laughs> hey, it happens. That's never going to happen again. Cherish it. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy that moment. I certainly just did. <laughs> Good. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered is the first title of the two that you are able to pick up on your PlayStation console for March. This, of course, is a 2016 remake of the popular Modern Warfare game from 2009. Ten years that game reaches in terms of age this year as of November. Wow, that's a long time ago, but yeah, you can go and pick up the remastered edition on your PlayStation all month long. So it's a 2016 remake of a game that was made in 2009. Correct. And it's releasing in 2019. Well, no, it's it's been offered on games with... <laughs> it's just, yeah. Okay. Not going, I nearly said games with gold, but PS, it's been offered on PSN back... Not back, even back and back. Wow, I can't speak this week. See, we're both having a moment. Strap in, people. You just witnessed Ricky and Chris simultaneously, not simultaneously. See, there we go again. One after the other. That's not simultaneously. <laughs> so yeah, if you're a fan of that, I, I was saying to Chris just before the podcast started, actually, that I think this is the, the Call of Duty game, the remastered game that actually introduced loot box into the multiplayer kind of post-launch. In other words, it was something that wasn't in the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare game multiplayer modes, but they introduced it as an update to the remastered version I don't know, just because it's Activision. So there you go. If you want to play it, you can do. It's free, so go right ahead. But there is another game which Chris is going to talk about right here. The Witness. Ooh. Yeah, which sounds spooky, but really isn't. No, it's not. It's actually very colourful. No, it's a first-person puzzle game, yeah. It throws you into an island and gives you a series of puzzles to solve. I'm guessing to get off the island. Otherwise, there'd just be no point. Yes, I haven't completed it. I think I started it and got really annoyed with it. It's not easy. No. To be honest, if, if you're a hardcore puzzle person, you're going to enjoy this game. It's very nice. It's very colorful. 
And the puzzles are unique in terms of there are different parts of the island on which you are stranded. And the puzzles themselves have a certain theme. They follow a certain theme. It's all about using switches effectively to try and unlock things. And that normally involves creating a certain pattern and things like that. And it's, yeah, it's about perspective and light and all sorts of different things. It's very interesting, a very difficult one to try and describe. Yeah, it made my head hurt. Yeah, you have to be of a certain mindset to be able to sit down and play this game, let alone enjoy it. A number of people that I know did. I kind of did until it just got to the point where it was like, okay, this is, like, I have no guidance here. I felt like I had no guidance. And it is because you have to use your brain, basically. It's, it's a challenging game to try and play. But what I will say is the guy that made this, a guy called Jonathan Blow, he also made uh, the platformer Braid, which was very successful a number of years ago. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, it was on the Xbox games with summer games or whatever it used to be called, where they used to do like the big summer thing every year. It came out on that along with Super Meat Boy. He's actually interviewed on a uh, Netflix movie thing. I don't know if it's still available on Netflix. It used to be. And it's about the creation of that game as well as Super Meat Boy. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Video Game the Movie or something. That rings a bell. And it's brilliant. That rings a bell, that, that title. Yeah, it's, it's very good. I'm pretty sure, I don't want to say it's still on Netflix because I genuinely don't know. But for those of you that have already seen it, you probably know what I'm talking about. For those of you that haven't, I recommend you do go ahead and check that movie out because it's awesome. Yeah, don't illegally download it, obviously. We can't be encouraging that kind of thing. No, that's why I didn't say it until you mentioned it. Inadvertently dropping us in the poopy. Always. Well, if you don't do it, Chris, then. I know, yeah. You know, it means I can sleep at night, basically. Yeah, it's like the Anthem NDA thing all over again. I know. Oh, well, let's not go there because you never know. Somebody hears that, they might go and listen to the the episode and sue us. I don't know. There you go. Those are the games with gold games and PlayStation Network games that you can get for this month. Enjoy and let us know what you think about those games if you wish. Some stuff in the show notes about that and we'll, we'll plug some stuff at the end of the show as well. For now, though, let us move on to the main topics of discussion for this week. Funky Gamer News and Discussion. We have uh, a number of stories to kind of cover this week, just based on, there's been quite a few various tidbits of news, nothing particularly interesting or surprising in any way. Yeah, there's nothing huge has come out. I think I'm, I'm going to blame Apex and Anthem both launching and people just playing them and nobody really doing anything newsworthy. No, again, yeah, that's very true. When, when games come out, people stop working. Yeah, people stop making news. Which is bad for us, but we're, we're still cobbled together a number of things to talk about. Do you want to kick us off with a little story here there, Chris? I will. It is the Division 2 open beta. So I think by the time this podcast airs, it will have closed. So I hope you enjoyed playing it over the course of the weekend. Yeah, it's a bit of a retrospective from our point of view. But as at the time of this recording, it is, it is kind of like on day two. It is live now. So it's going right now, but by the time this goes out, unfortunately, yeah, it will have finished. But I'm reading a lot of promising things. Yes, regarding it, yeah, yeah, the game mechanics are good. It plays quite solid. It, uh, it all works, which is nice for a beta. They've also had a kind of a precursor to this, that being um, the Division One. So they've learned a lot of lessons from that game. Yeah, you'd think so. You would therefore think that they have. Doesn't doesn't normally happen with some studios, but yeah, let's hope they've learned they've learned a lot from that one. Sorry, I almost coughed Bethesda then, but. <laughs> yeah that was close 
So yeah, the open beta, it, it's basically the same format as the closed beta was a couple of weeks ago uh, with a couple of extra bits and bobs thrown in there. You'll get three main missions. Uh, there are only two in the private beta, so you get one more little bit to look at in that. Uh, five side missions. Nice. So that's with the the main missions, you get basically the two that were in the private beta. Yes. And then there's an additional one tacked onto it. Yeah. I don't. I'm guessing it doesn't show us too much, or I'm hoping it doesn't show us too much from the the whole game. They would be shooting themselves a little bit in the foot. They that. It's a bit like a movie trailer showing all the best bits, which has happened, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope, let's hope not. There does seem to be a fair bit in there for you to do, uh, along with the like side missions. They've thrown the dark zone back open again for this, just to give you a bit of a taste of that and see how how evil it is in the division two compared to the division one. It's just one portion of the Dark Zone, though, right? Yeah, yeah. They've only they've only opened up one little bit of it, but hopefully that should give us a, enough of a taste for it to see how it works compared to the first game. Sure. So, just for those that don't know, because I didn't really play a ton of the Dark Zone stuff within the Division One, and it was something I clarified with you before we started recording. But the, the Dark Zone mode that they are releasing is basically an open PvP area. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a skirmish mode which is four v four. Which sounds interesting, and hopefully we'll be able to take a look at over the course of the weekend. Sure. I'm guessing that's something you'll probably, like an event marker that you'll go to to kind of kick it off. But other than that, the the Dark Zone itself is just like an open area, all kind of free-for-all if you want it to be. Oh, yes. Yeah, the the Hell Zone that it was in Division 1. It is no longer the same as it was. They've changed it up a little bit. I don't know what they've changed. I've not had a chance to have a look at it yet, but we'll give it a go. Okay, cool. Well, I'll get your thoughts on that perhaps next week. And just to remind people, because I completely forgot, do you know what date the game is actually out? March 22nd. So we're getting very close here, like three weeks out almost. Yeah, we are. Yeah, if you, <laughs> I'm guessing the people that have the beta know the size of it, and it's ridiculous. It's pretty big. Do you have a number on that? It is a 50 gig beta. Just the, And it's, that's just a small size. Yeah, if you've got a terrible internet, you probably spend all weekend downloading it and have no time to play it. Oh dear, that's going to set a few people back. Yeah, yeah, hopefully everybody will have been able to to at least play a little bit of it before time runs out on the Monday. It does make me wonder whether they kind of bundled in... See, 50 gigs, that's huge. It makes me wonder whether it is the full game with just portions of it, you know, or a good portion of it, should I say, not accessible. Quite possible. I wouldn't rule it out because, I mean, that is massive for a beta. I know there's a fair bit in there, but for there to be that much, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. Because say this is just a third of the game in the beta. Yeah. Like that would be like 150 gigabytes <laughs> for the full thing, theoretically, which is just ludicrous. Yeah, you'd need to delete all the games off your hard drive in order to install it. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, like you say, we'll have some, hopefully, some thoughts on this for next week's podcast. I too am going to be playing what I can of it before the demo actually completes on March 4th. So yeah, we'll discuss that as and when we can in the next episode with a bit of luck. Hopefully. I am looking forward to giving it a go. You know, Anthem's kind of sparked my, I guess, my my desire to want to play more of these types of games. And I did enjoy the, I don't know, the way that the Division 1 made me feel as a play. You know, I was like, I like playing that role of an agent that's stuck in like this post-apocalyptic, uh, well-known city on planet earth and you have these various different objectives to take on it's kind of like the fantasy of it all really i I did enjoy it so the division two is something that i'm looking forward to playing hopefully the beta will give me a decent taste and you the listener as well if you do indeed choose 
play it. Okay, thanks for that, Chris. That's going to be an interesting one to see how that turns out, especially with Anthem already on the market and it coming out not long after that as well, you know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Next up, actually, we're going to just kind of quickly plug this because it's a little bit of news that we discovered that's been announced this week from uh, the guys that made Horizon Zero Dawn. Guerrilla Games, I can never say that. Guerrilla. Is it Guerrilla? I think it's Guerrilla. Why do they spell it like that? I don't know. Gorilla. Is that not you just mistyping in your notes again? No. Or is it? I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. It might be. I thought I'd spelt it right. I thought there was a U in there. I might have just made that up. But anyway, Gorilla Games, as I can now say, you say you I can say that correctly, basically. They have announced that Horizon Zero Dawn has sold 10 million copies since its launch, which was two years ago, as of the last Thursday that's just passed, that being the 28th of February. So the end of February was uh, the release, two-year release date of Horizon Zero Dawn. Amazingly, actually. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But in that amount of time, it has indeed managed to sell 10 million total copies. That is globally, of course. Now, what we do know is that as of 2018, so the year before, the game had sold around 7.6 million units. So that means that it's actually sold approximately 2.4 copies in the last year alone to reach that final 10 million figure. Uh, as a kind of little celebration for this feat, Guerrilla themselves have released a total of nine stories relating to the game's overall development cycle on the PlayStation blog, the link to which I will put in the show notes. They are very interesting indeed. If you enjoy watching like Vidox on video game development, if you've ever watched Noclip kind of documentaries on YouTube that kind of show how games are made and has all those kinds of interviews and behind-the-scenes stories, these are very interesting and encourage you to check them out. Now, the question that I've put here being the mature adult that I am. I can't believe uh, This is the first time I've just seen this note. <laughs> Carry on, go on. <laughs> Read out what you've written. Uh, you just want to hear me say it, I think. Um, uh, all right, I typed this, by the way. I didn't write it, but all right. I, I, I basically said, do we have any thoughts and feelings on this? Because it is just a, it's basically them just touting that they've sold a certain number of units. It's not surprising. The game is very, very good. But the question that I posed overall is, does this give you a boner? Because that's the only way that I can kind of quantify this other than, yeah, well, well done, Gorilla. It's not surprising that you've been so successful, successful with such an amazing game. So the question that I wanted to pose is, does this do anything for your pants, Chris Go? Gives me a semi. That's as much as you get in. I very much regret giving that answer that I ever asked you the question because I suddenly feel incredibly sick. <laughs> well, there you go. You, th- you throw this kind of question at me. I don't know what more you expected. Well, since we started to go down this rabbit hole, can I ask why only, like, why a semi? Does it just not quite float your boat? Just a little bit? I mean, 10 million copies is impressive, but I mean, that's over the course of two years. Okay. Yeah, it's impressive, but, well, yeah. So what, 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 <laughs> if Chris earned 10 million pounds over the course of two years, what he's saying is... <laughs> I would not be doing this right it, now. It would only give him a semi. Oh, yes, you would. You'd need something to <laughs> fill your time with, and it wouldn't just be spending money. I can guarantee you would, you would absolutely still be doing this podcast if you're a millionaire. But no, yeah, that is a very stupid question. It was the only thing that I could think of that we could kind of put down as a talking point in rela- relation to this particular point. No, that's fair. That's fair, and it was a, it was and still is a very good game. I still see screenshots of it posted on on the PS4 Reddit every now and again, and still looks stunning. It is, and I agree hundred percent with that. It really is a stunning game, especially considering it is on. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's, it looks even better on the PlayStation Pro 
but I've seen it running on base consoles, which obviously have some more limitations there. And it still looks incredible. So hats off to Gorilla. Well done. I, it doesn't surprise me, like I say, they sold 10 million with such a popular, popular game. But kudos to them nonetheless. Next up, let's talk a little bit about the fact that uh, CD Projekt Red have announced via Twitter that Cyberpunk 2077 is 100% going to be making a showing at this year's E3 2019. There is still, of course, no release date. Whether there will be one uh, kind of post-showing at this year's E3, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But, I mean, ooh, this is interesting uh, because... With all the speculation we put forward in the podcast episode at the beginning of this year, and Dave was kind of very hard along the point that he thought that CD Projekt Red were going to announce or release Cyberpunk this year. With things like or announcements like this being made, I sit there and it makes me more hopeful. Now, obviously, we still don't know. It could still be next year. But does do you think this mean that we may or does it affirm the fact that the game may be coming out potentially this year? I don't want to get my hopes up. No, I don't think any of us do. Uh, but the fact that CD Projekt Red have come out and said, yeah, we'll be at E3 this year, guys. Look forward to that. It, it does make you wonder, are they going to show us a bit more? Are they going to give us a release date? Are they going to give us any more info at all? Because there's been nothing since that last trailer. No, it, it does kind of lend a bit of credence to the idea that it might be coming out this year. Although, mm, I still got a feeling that, like, I think we will get a release date at the end of the presentation at E3, but I do not think it will be this year. I think they will have a cemented or a, a, a firm release date, but it will be 2020. And even then, I'd be slightly skeptical just based on any delay. But with that said, I know CD Projekt Red historically, they tend to not announce a release date until they are sure. So hopefully what that means is whatever date they come out with, there will be no delay. That is the date that we can look forward to to get this game but I do think the announcement will be for next year. We'll be doing an episode based on E3 predictions, I think, when we get closer to that time, because I think that would make a really awesome uh, show, quite frankly. Like The things that we want to see, we might see from each of the publishers, although Sony has... Nothing from Sony. They're not going to be there, exactly. So it does limit us to the likes of EA, Bethesda, Nintendo, and Microsoft, but we'll still do a show to try and kind of garner our thoughts on what we think those four big weeks may be releasing. So yeah, uh, I've also just put here, oh my God, 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 because I really, really am looking forward to anything. You are very excited for it. Exactly. I. Oh God, yes. Please hurry up, E3. Don't get me wrong. I don't like wishing my life away, but the quicker, what is it, June, July? June this year, I think. The quicker June can get here. That's a massive month because E3 and Apple's WWWDC, WWDC, DC <laughs> keynote. Yes. Don't know why I said it like that. But there you go. Anyway, that's nothing to do with gaming. It's just that it's a very special time for me personally, June. So I'm looking forward to it. And this makes it even more special because I know that a game that I'm really looking forward to is going to be there. Nothing really else to add to that, really. I hope I hope it does announce for a release this year. We'll have to see. Chris, what have we got next? Uh, THQ Nordic did an AMA this week, but not on Reddit. Oh, right. They did it on 8chan. Oh, right. I was going to say maybe Twitter. No, no they, went, they went way off base. Just a little bit. And thought, you know what? Yeah, 8chan's a really popular thing. Let's use that. What? Where are they even thinking that is a good idea? No, it's, this is, um, as we will establish, and it's fairly well noted to be one of the biggest PR blunders in gaming history, quite frankly. 
as yes, THQ did indeed hold host an AMA on a Google delisted website, which is just incredible. I'm reticent to kind of go into the details of what 8chan is, but based on the information that we have here, we'll give you just a brief insight as to as to that. Do you want me to read this out? Can we just say it's not a nice place and move on? Yeah, okay. That, that's totally fair, actually. I, the, some of the things that you will find on this particular website, it does have a, an association with the more notorious website 4chan, which I know, Chris, you've heard of. Oh, yes. Uh, just because of its notoriety, not because you personally use it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not nice. And this is kind of double down on that, hence 8chan. So don't don't visit it. Don't go and look it up. Just know that it's a, not a great place to be hosting your AMAs for your games or anything of that type. So, yeah. Uh, do we have any information or any response from THQ regarding this at all? <laughs> yes. Their, their PR manager uh, came out and issued a statement. The statement reads as follows. <clears throat> oh, God. I personally agreed to this AMA without doing my proper due diligence to understand the history and the controversy of the site. I do not condone child pornography, white supremacy, or racism in any shape or form. I am terribly sorry for the short-sightedness of my decision and promise to be far more vigorous in my assessment of of these activities in the future. This was not about being edgy. This blew up, and I very much regret to have done it in the first place. So basically what this is is a man admitting to incredible ignorance on his part. (laughs) Yeah, he's not done any research at all. I mean, what's more shocking about this is he is the director of PR and marketing for THQ. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think he'd know better. And he went and made this blunder. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, we said we, we, said we weren't going to talk about the specifics of what 8chan um, actually hosts in terms of their forums, but yeah, Chris has, Chris has just kind of outlined that as part of that statement. Yeah, the statement did it for us. So there you go. Like I say, do not visit the website. Don't condone that at all, but just know that this has happened because, you know, Apparently, people in very powerful positions complete ignorance and this kind of a thing can just happen. What's even more comical about this, by the way, as far as I'm aware, is that there will... Don't get me wrong. I don't want, like anything, I don't think people deserve to be burnt. People make mistakes. And yes, this is a horrific mistake, but I don't necessarily think that Philip Brock in this instance needs to be necessarily crucified, for, for you know, especially given the um, admission that he's made as part of that statement that you just read out. Yeah, he's come out and held his hands up, and fair play to him. Yeah, at the same time, you know, I, you know, I, an interesting thing to kind of try and wrap my head around, and it's always going to be controversial based on who you ask, is what's how far do companies take this in terms of holding people accountable, and what should be the point of accountability for that person? Now, a lot of people are calling for are calling for the dismissal of such a person, which some people think, well, wow, you want somebody to be fired? Isn't that a bit extreme? I don't know. I, from what I can tell, THQ aren't doing anything. They have literally just. Offered this, allowed him to offer this statement, and that will be that. Do you think that's uh, the correct way to handle this? You know, I mean, I'm, you know, you've got to be pretty dumb to allow something like this to happen. But what consequences should this bring? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes. I mean, none of us, hopefully, none of us have made a mistake on that kind of scale. But the fact he's come out and issued a statement, I mean, surely somebody a bit higher up than him, because there's other people involved at the top of this this whole chain, isn't there? Yeah. They, they should have sort of taken him to one side and say, hang on, isn't this a bit dodgy? Should we be doing it on here? Why not? Why are we not doing it on Reddit or Twitter or somewhere normal? Yeah. Well, as the, as the director of that position, I imagine he instantly holds accountability for this just because he's a person at the top of that food chain. But like you just said, I refuse to really believe that that didn't pass through a number of people before it hit his desk. 
you know, somebody who's got to have made that initial recommendation and all sorts of things. Who recommends eight chan? <laughs> what kind of nutter? Well, this is it. I mean, don't get me wrong. The fact that he's approved it, I can't see he's going to go. Yeah, let's let's choose eight chan. That just seems ridiculous. Madness, absolute madness. <laughs> crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. Okay, cool. Well, well, I don't think there's really much more to say on that other than, yeah, THQ Nordic goddamn messed up. So uh, we'll have to see how this bears for the company in terms of its uh, survival. I don't know whether this will just kind of be swept under the rug. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. And no deal will be fired. Yeah, I, I think it will probably all work out. But there are people crying all bloody hell out there, as there are with most cases of this type of thing you know some people really do jump on the hate train so we'll see whether thq nordic can kind of fan the flames on that front next up let's talk about the last little bit of news that we have here in that gearbox the studio responsible for the borderlands series of games have teased a potential uh, announcement of borderlands 3 at their upcoming pax east panel 2019 now they haven't specifically mentioned borderlands as a franchise it must be must be said Okay, but the developer has promised some surprises amongst other things as it hosts a panel at the upcoming PAX East convention. The panel itself, if you want to check that out, if you want to see all the good stuff, as uh, Gearbox have said they are going to show, the panel is on March 28th at 2 to 3 p.m. That is, of course, US Eastern time. I don't know what that translates to in GMT, if I'm honest. It'll be evening time for us boys. Yeah, so probably, uh, I'd say, between... Oh, I don't know, six and eight o'clock, something like that. Yeah, I would say so. I don't know specifically, but yeah, we'll probably be checking that out just to see what they announce. But their um, announcement as such reads as follows. It says that this is your opportunity to get a behind the scenes look at Gearbox software and Gearbox publishing, along with the latest news and updates from the makers of Borderlands, Battleborn, Brothers in Arms and more. We will have never before seen reveals, exclusives, and surprises, so don't miss out. Now, the current rumor is that it's based on a quote from 2017 from the studio boss, very well-known Randy Pitchford. He outlined that most of the company staff at that time, I think it was about 90 or 80%, he said they were working on the next Borderlands game, which is why many people, as a result of this statement from Gearbox, believe that the panel will include that game's announcement, Borderlands 3. Do you have any thoughts on this? Do you think it will be true? I just like the name Randy. I don't know. It makes me, it makes, yeah, it just makes me, I don't know. Because it's Randy. It's an interesting name that you don't hear very much. And there's probably a reason for that. Yeah, you have to have hippie parents, I think. Yeah, or have watched a lot of Austin Powers. It would make sense. Borderlands Battle Royale, anybody? Oh, well, of course that's going to happen because what game doesn't ship without a battle royale mode these days yes i think it's it's gonna be it may well be part of it because i don't know borderlands one and two were interesting story-wise but very strange it was a very strange world to be living in Mm. do you think they're actually going to announce the third game it's been a while since the last one hasn't it i can't even think when borderlands 2 was Mm, was it yeah it was definitely 360 because they then had the handsome jack collection that they announced which is a remastered collection for the xbox one and the you know the current gen consoles basically because i actually got that game that that particular game set on offer so i have it have you played borderlands one and two i played some of two i don't remember playing one really that's the opposite of what i thought you'd have said to me actually i thought you were going to say tell me you played one and not two no weirdly i played two released in 2012 by the way 
All right, okay. So yeah, that would make some sense to me. Which can I just query? What the hell made you think? Oh yeah, I'll play the second one. I don't know. I don't know my thought process. Sounds a little <laughs> strange. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. Can you remember much of the second game? Uh, I can remember following a robot around and doing stuff for him. You did that in the first game, <laughs> did I? I can't remember. Well, no, you're not you personally because you didn't play it quite clearly. Uh, that's all right then. That was one of the things that you had to do in the first game. Yeah, it's called Claptrap. Clap yeah. Yeah. Why do I remember that? I don't know because he's got a funny. He's got a funny voice. I don't, that's one of the things that sticks with me. Yeah, that might be it. He was entertaining. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, he was a model figure for this this franchise. People know him for Borderlands because that's the character. He's a character set in that universe. So, I mean, the thing is, this is kind of what I'm getting at. You've not, unfortunately, you haven't played the first Borderlands game, but you have played the second. They are, I mean, from my point of view, they're, I don't want to say they're samey because a lot of the Borderlands success comes from the stories and such that they tell as part of the game. But like in terms of core gameplay mechanics, the first and the second are actually that much different. They've improved on the first with the second. It's a bit like, uh, I guess, The Division 2. Right. Okay. In that sense. You know, that's a very wide comparison because obviously those are two very different games. But what I'm getting at is it's their iterations on uh, kind of their predecessors. And I don't know, it's one of them. If you don't enjoy the first one, you're probably not going to enjoy the second and the rest of them. I'd be interested to see what exactly makes the third game distinguished and set apart from the first two. Because I, I did enjoy them to a point. But after that, I, there was just something about them that really didn't kind of make me stick with them. So I'd really, and I wanted to, I'd really like an excuse to get hooked on Borderlands 3 if it does get announced. We'll have to see like many things, but they have announced uh, an upcoming panel where they are going to kind of outline some surprises. Never uh, the, the specific bit that got me was never before seen reveals, which means that they're going to be announcing either a sequel to a franchise that we already know about. That'd be cool. Or a new game. So we'll have to keep our eyes peeled. I'd love to know what that you, the listener, what you think about this particular one. Because Borderlands, it's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. I know some people that love it. I know some people that hate it. I'd really, really like to know what you think about Borderlands franchise specifically. Are you excited for this title? What do you think? Do you think we're going to get an announcement for Borderlands 3 at the upcoming panel at PAX East? Who knows? I'd like to know your thoughts. See the show notes for more information. See how you can get in touch. Or, of course, listen right the way through until the end of the show, which I hope you do, at which point we'll plug uh, the Twitter stuff so you can get in touch. I think that's pretty much it for the gaming news coverage that we could pull for this week. <laughs> Just like you said with the announcement, I mean, I don't know if you said this on air, whether you said it before we started, but you basically outlined that because of the, the presence of Apex and Anthem in the last week, news has been less prevalent. I think you said that at the top of the show. Yes, it has. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we managed to cobble. Unless you got anything else that you want to add before we head into no. Chris's corner, I think. Do we have any feedback for this week? Uh, no, no, I don't think we did. No, nobody, nobody messaged me. I've not got anything. Have you got something? Well, no, but uh, I vaguely remember that Carl asked us a question in Discord, but it was kind of literally po- about an hour post recording of the last episode that we published, what, two weeks ago. And I'm now frantically scrolling through the Discord chat, trying to find it. See if you can find it. It's all right. I'll fill. Nobody will know. Okay. Just talk about something for two seconds. Uh, what can I talk about? Something? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I really can't fill this out of time. I should have really thought about this before I spoke. God. Okay. It's a good job I found it then, isn't it? Well, that's all right. Then. That'll do. 
you spoke for long enough for me to locate the question. This was following last week's episode. I'll tell you what. Let me formally introduce this segment because we, we, we have a, an introduction for it. It's been recorded. I might as well use it. Let's move on to listener questions and feedback. Questions and feedback. So, news. We have a question. I know people didn't know this. It was sent through Discord. And I know that this is brand new information to you all. I'm going to read out a question that we got from one of our Discord members. Carl, thank you very much for sending this through. It's following our last episode where we discussed Nintendo specifically. They have a large number of games that have been available on other, on other platforms that are now coming to the Nintendo Switch, hopefully this year, from what we can tell. So that raised a few heads. The question that's been asked by Carl, with Hellblade coming to the Switch, what other PS4 slash Xbox One game would you like to see on the Switch? And as a follow-up to this, I'd also like to query whether or not we'd like to see any Switch-based games on PS4 and Xbox One as a platform, i.e. the other way. I would like to see. You know, I'd really I'd really like to prep for this kind of thing. Uh Halo. The Halo the Halo series would be nice. Handheld Halo. I think they'd work quite well on the Switch. You mean like the first two or three games? Yeah, yeah. The first three. Halo one to three, I think, would would work really well. Because story wise they were pretty solid. Mm, I wonder that's a, I mean, don't get me wrong, I can't really speak for what Microsoft are doing at the moment. They're very pally with Nintendo. It's a, that's a, something that could be a very real possibility in my eyes. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I'm, I appreciate I have just kind of dropped this one on you. Uh, yeah, it is it's a bit of a funny one. I'll be honest, the fact that Hellblade is coming to the Switch is really shocking to me because that game is very graphically intense. So I don't know what they're going to have to do to get that running. I reckon, so uh, the, the question is, what are the X, PS4, Xbox One games would you like to see on the Switch? Uh, do you know what? <laughs> About two years ago, I'd have said Diablo. Yeah. That's already happened. So I can't really say Diablo. I don't, I'm a big fan of Blizzard games and I think mo- making them more mobile. The thing is, you can get them, things like Hearthstone and things on mobile now anyway. So you don't necessarily need a Switch to be able to play those things on the move. Diablo is the first kind of big Blizzard game to come out on a, a non stationary console like the Switch. You can't get Diablo on mobile. Although. <laughs> You will be able to soon, as I'm sure people have heard. Yep. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Um, it's a tough one because the Switch has limited hardware. So there's only so much you can really kind of port across. And I, I'd like to see Anthem. <laughs> would you? Oh, wow. Running on the Switch, if I'm, I'm completely honest, that would be insane. Absolutely insane. It's never going to happen, not in a million years, but... I mean, imagine that, being able to play something like Destiny or like a, a game as a service game on the move. That would be a big boon for those types of games. Yeah, that'd be huge. Exactly. And maybe one day it will happen. Maybe not on this current generation of the Switch. Maybe on future Nintendo platforms if they go keep going down this handheld route. Yeah, I'd like to see some games as a service games come to, uh, to a more mobile platform in that sense. That would be very cool. But I can't really say anything specifically because, uh, yeah, a bit like you, mine's gone blank, but there you go. Thanks for the question, Carl. Really appreciate it. I'll see if I can get Dave's insight on that next time he's on the show because I know he had some answer. He did actually have an answer for that. So sadly, he's not here to be able to give it. So I'll give him the opportunity next time we record. And that will be that. I don't think we have any corrections. As always, we reported on the news in our last episode. Absolutely, Randy Pitchford perfectly. Absolutely. And yeah, there's nothing else aside from that. If you do have 
any talking points that you'd like us to discuss, hopefully gaming related or, you know, any particular topics that you want to throw out there, get our insight on, or just simply know the answer to. We'll plug some stuff at the end of the show. But as I said earlier in the podcast, you can check out the show notes right now to get all that information. Please do get in touch. Okay, let's move on, in which case, to that infamous corner. It's time for Chris's Corner. It's me. It's my turn. Uh, yes. It's you. Story's a bit thin on the ground this week, but I have managed to, to put together a few bits and bobs, as I normally do. Uh, we'll, start, we'll start with Apex Legends, which obviously is on everybody's lips right now. Mm. Well, there is sort of a, a loot box thing within the game. Uh, and and yeah, and one player spent three hundred and eighty pounds trying to get one item that he wanted. Knowingly, yes, yeah, he was he was specifically looking for for one item. Wow, it was an, it was an ultra rare cosmetic for for one of his favorite characters, and he he ended up going through five hundred loot boxes at the cost of three hundred and eighty pounds, nearly four hundred quid's worth. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Cole is a 24-year-old who says he's been gaming all his life. Cole, you should know better, mate. You, do you know what? You sounded like you were, I don't know, on some kind of Channel 4 program then. <laughs> that was my serious, serious news reporting voice. Cole is a 24-year-old gamer. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was like you were doing some kind of voiceover for some weird Channel 4 documentary. I didn't even think about that. See, honestly, if I'd put some thought into this, I could have pitched it that way. Damn it. <laughs> that would have been brilliant yeah very much caught me off guard so uh, i mean has he come to regret this decision yes the uh, honestly the greatest quote ever gone it wasn't worth it <laughs> oh my god he realized after 380 pounds worth that it wasn't worth it yep he did yes oh dear well cole he's probably not listening <laughs> i know well this is why i say this cole i I can only offer my sincere condolences for your own stupidity in this case. Yeah, yeah, honestly, you should. I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong, nobody likes to lose 380 quid, but ultimately, if you have the choice... Yeah, he chose to. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, that kind of backs this argument that it is down to a choice. Ultimately, if the video games didn't have these mechanics in there in the first place, people like him wouldn't have the opportunity to spend £380. Let's face it, all right, the likes of EA and Respawn won't be unhappy about the fact that they've just garnered nearly £400 from an individual. Absolutely not, no. He's the only one that loses out here. The fact that they put them in in the first place, and that's why I rally so hard against this kind of thing. Don't let people get to a position where they have to regret making a bad decision. You know, you have a responsibility, in my eyes, to not allow them to make that bad decision. Have you got anything else apart from Cole losing stupid amounts of money? Yeah, somebody actually posted the, the map for... Apex Legends a year ago in a Reddit thread. Was it in in relation to an, a potentially upcoming battle royale game or something? It was. It was part of the Titanfall Reddit or the Titanfall subreddit, and this guy posted it with the title "Alleged Minimap for Rumored Title Titanfall Battle Royale Game," and he got absolutely shot down. Oh my god! I hope that thread has been reopened and that the guy that originally posted it. Has gone out his way to go, I don't know, do some MC Hammer style dance because clearly he was correct. <laughs> the thread is archived on Reddit. If you want to read through it, it is it is an absolute riot. Be sure to send that over to me. I will include it in the show notes for this week. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. Definitely. Amazing. Yeah, people were very angry about it at the time. 
Well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think anybody saw that coming, and especially since if it's a year ago, you know, it, it lends more credibility to the idea that that was just a load of rubbish. Yeah. But time is obviously a healer in this case because it's come out in full force to show that this guy was actually correct. Yeah, yeah. The the map he put, he put up was pretty much spot on. Wow, incredible. Yeah, so there we go. Unless he was working on it at the time, who knows? Mm, yeah, could be. Maybe this is some kind of wildly sprawling conspiracy theory that kind of goes a lot deeper than we all imagine. Yeah, who knows? We'll never, we'll never get to the bottom of it. That's for sure. Or maybe he just got lucky or knows somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know in this kind of situation. He could know somebody at respawn and just have got that information way back then. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to read about all that kind of shiz that went down a year ago, we'll put the link for that particular Reddit thread in the description for you to check out. Got anything else? Uh, yes. The PlayStation Vita. Sony are ending production for this this wonderful little handheld. So if you want a new one, you're not going to get one now. You're going to have to buy a second hand. Have they actually ceased production of them now? Yes, that's it. It's done. It's done. It's dead. It's gone. I'm pretty sure we might have actually reported on this. Yes. Yeah, this this story actually officially came out yesterday as we record this. Sad times. So yeah, it is being discontinued. Uh, the games will still exist for it in the PlayStation Store. Okay, so even if you do buy a second-hand console or handheld. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there'll still there'll still be a, a sort of a catalog for you to delve into of games. That's not so bad. I think they really had an obligation to make that available even regardless of whether they're still making the hardware for it, really. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, there was no way they were just going to stop it and stop any games getting out. Do, do you think that, I mean, I know that this will be in part down to the fact that the Switch exists. It's, you know, there's just no competition in the handheld space now. But at the same time, the, the PS Vita itself, it existed way before the Switch did. Do you think Sony maybe did themselves a bit of a disservice by releasing this and not putting their full backing behind it, and therefore it's not surprising? The Vita was terribly handled by Sony. Yeah. They just gave it no backing, no support, or nothing. They just they gave it a couple of Uncharted games, but bar that, there was nothing massive that came out for it that I can remember. No, you're right. They weren't ports of those Uncharted, the, the PS3 or PS4 equivalents of the Uncharted games either. They were specifically made as... No, no, they were, yeah, they were specifically made for the Vita. Which, and don't get me wrong, it's nice to have those franchises on that platform, but, you know, when you see that like Nintendo are, are getting the likes of Hellblade, it makes you wonder what, what the real issue was there. Yeah, yeah, I think, it, I think it was just Sony's attitude towards it. Such a shame. It really is a shame. I, I, I actually had, what was the, didn't they do a, a, console, a handheld console before the Vita that went, was it the, the PlayStation something? No, you're asking. I don't know. Not that I can remember. I definitely had a PlayStation-based handheld, but it was only out in Japan, I think. And this, was, this predates the Vita. I can't remember what it was called. I didn't have it for long. PSP. Yes, that's, that was it. I, had, I owned a PSP. Yes. I don't know why I didn't use it, like I said, but I still have really quite fond memories of it. I just thought it was brilliant that I had this thing that I could do stuff on that was, you know, otherwise would have required a telly and a full-on console and no no mobility, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, cool little consoles. They always were. Yeah, bit of a shame. So, yeah, they, they have, <laughs> unfortunately, the Vita is now officially dead. We, we knew this was coming because Sony made it quite apparent that they were killing it off. It's just a bit of a shame. It could have been a whole lot greater. What a shame for, for PlayStation and people that enjoy that system. But anyway, 
their excuse is basically people are now playing on PS4, so we're going to focus on that platform, which I kind of don't blame them. Yeah, yeah. As we've established, Nintendo are owning the handheld space right now, so there's no way they could bring it back. But I absolutely think Sony missed an opportunity to make that console bigger than it could have, you know, it's at least as big as the Nintendo rival that's, you know, more recent. Yes, it is. Okay. Is that your last thing for Chris's Corner? <laughs> yes. What do we normally say? Thine corner has ended or something like that? It endeth my corner. There endeth my corner. You're welcome. Thank you very much indeed as well for all your points there. Some uh, less developed or, uh, you know, I wouldn't say less interesting stuff. It's kind of less less covered pieces of news that may be of relevance to those people that don't know about them. Let's move on to the plugs before we wrap up this week's episode. Plug Life. Okay, so as always, I'm not going to go through the plethora of things that we actually do here at FG because we, as well as podcasts, we also do a live stream that takes place a couple of times a week. We have a website that you can visit at funkygamer.co.uk and we are, of course, on, uh, on all the different console platforms from Xbox, PSM, and we have Discord, Discord and Reddit available as well. If those kind of things interest you, for the most part, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via Twitter. Me, myself, and I am at Ricky James. Chris, you are what? At X underscore CW. And you can send uh, us questions over there. We do also have a kind of main account for Funky Gamer, which is simply at Funky Gamer Blog. If you're going to send us over questions, it's more preferable that you send it to that particular Twitter account just because it's easier for us to all keep track on the incoming uh, messages and stuff like that. We've had a, a bit of an increase on that front over the last couple of weeks, not necessarily with anything relevant to the specific podcast, but I've had some interesting conversations with fellow gamers and such on that particular platform. So please do hit us up. You can, of course, find us across iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. If you're listening across any of those platforms, I'd highly encourage you to go and click the follow or subscribe, the like and the heart button, whatever's prevalent to your platform. It really helps us out and it doesn't cost you anything. You can check out, like I say, links for or, or, or kind of tags for Xbox, PSN and stuff in the show notes below. If you want to jump by our Discord channel, please do. It's always a fun time in there with us usually talking a load of rubbish, but yeah, it's, it's normally gamer related. Yeah, it's generally nothing gamer related. <laughs> we, we do kind of touch on that. There's been more gaming related discussion in the last couple of weeks. You know, people are actually giving their, their thoughts on certain games and things like that. I think it's good. I really do think it's good. So if you want to jump by, drop by our Discord, please do. We are a friendly bunch and you can talk to us. You can go to funkygamer.co.uk slash discord and that will take you or redirect you to an open invite that you can accept if you wish. The more, the merrier. If Reddit is your platform, reddit.com slash r slash funkygamer is the link that you want to go to. Check us out there. It's just a place for posting podcasts and stuff. But if you want to talk about stuff on there as well, you can do. I don't really mind. Other than that, I don't think there is anything else. Chris? I've got one more thing. Oh. I know, yeah. Surprising. Uh, every week. I, man- I managed to pull one thing out of the bag that I don't, <laughs> I don't feel as, as sort of interesting or strange as the rest of them. But this, it, this sort of ticks both boxes. It's becoming a, a regular recurrence. Yes. Uh, Chinese players have swamped a horror game with negative reviews after spotting offensive in-game content. Okay, I'm intrigued. Do we know what that was? <laughs> the game is called Devotion. And it's a horror game that's been review bombed on Steam. Uh, Because in-game, there is apparently an Easter egg that acted as both a talisman cursing everyone in mainland China, as well as referencing, I can't even say it, (laughs) 
as well as referencing the Z Jinping Winnie the Pooh meme. <laughs> that only makes sense to a very certain portion of the people on this planet. I know, right? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. We're not looking to offend cultures here. We know that people, like pe- people in China, have they. We're very uh, ignorant in certain parts of Europe because we have a very open living and you know way of life. Whereas in China, it is very very different. They are they are exactly that. They are cultures, and they are kind of preserved and pioneered over the course of thousands of years. So people in China and the likes have a very strict way. And uh, you know, I wouldn't say guidelines, but they have a, a different way of living to over us anybody in the lights of Europe and America. I think that's fairly well known. Uh, so I can see why something that would otherwise be laughed at, or you know, maybe wouldn't cause offence to us over here, maybe would cause offence to people in the likes of Chinese markets and things like that. Do we know exactly? Uh, I mean, what do we know? What this meme is that they've they've outlined? Have you ever seen it? Did you Google it at all? <laughs> of course, I have. Uh, it's generally it, it is pretty much referencing uh, the fact that the Chinese uh, prime minister president Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I see. Okay, no problem. Well, the... uh, that that's it. That's that's the long and short of it. Oh wow. Yeah, Xi Jinping is not very happy with with the whole Winnie the Pooh meme thing, and neither are the Chinese players. They have since removed removed the reference, and reviews have perked up on it. Incredible. So I wonder. I'll be honest. I wonder what made the publisher of this specific game think that it was a you know a good idea to go ahead and include this anyway, knowing that they were going to be releasing in a Chinese market. They 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 are claiming that it was put in as a placeholder and not removed. What so so they they're just generally ignorant when it comes to their placeholders. But the thing is, even if it's a placeholder, why would you reference that particular thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, they just didn't put any thought into it, or they just didn't care. Wow, that is, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's no nowhere near THQ Nordic's PR manager's level of ignorance, but at the same time, it certainly doesn't bode well for uh, that particular publisher, does it? Yeah, yeah, it's right up there. Who is it, do you know, that published the game? I'm assuming they're not particularly well known. Oh, God, I don't even know. Okay, well, that, you don't have to know. To be honest with you, it doesn't sound like the kind of game that you'd find on most marketplaces anyway. No, no, you you mostly find it in Steam and even, yeah, just look under the Dodger review section and you'll find it there. Yeah, of course it would be Steam because that kind of harvests the most. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a good game. <laughs> Nobody knows anymore. <laughs> if that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's just been review bombed as a as a result of their yeah. ignorant placeholders. Wow, that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, what a great, great little story to end the the episode on, if you ask me. Take it you don't have anything else. I'd be shocked if you had two things for me at the end of the, the episode. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I'm done with that one. Excellent. In which case, what we'll do is we'll say goodbye for now. As I plugged at the start of the show, we'll be releasing a bonus episode that focuses specifically on Anthem uh, at some point during this week. I anticipate it'll be around Wednesday. It'll be midweek at some point. I'm not entirely sure on the day yet because it needs to be edited and all sorts of things. So please keep your eye out for that. And as always, get in touch if you have anything you'd like to know, any questions, that kind of thing. We love it and we'd love to hear from you. As I always say every week as well, thank you so much for listening to you, Chris. Thanks ever so much for being here. As always, mate, I appreciate it. No problem. Cheers. My name is Ricky James. This is the Funky Gamer Podcast, episode 16. And as well as the bonus episode, aside from that, we will indeed speak to you next week. 